Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For about 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX-listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next. And part of our conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level. Their experiences, their mentors, their slips, their slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment making decisions. And also probably check out who they barrack for in the footy and or sporting conquests. Today's guest is Dr. James Warren, Executive Director of Omnia Metals, ASX code OM1, and that is the numero uno one, number one, OM1. Do I call you Doctor? Do I call you James? Do I call you Jimmy? Do I call you Wazza? What do we call you? Mate, I get a bit of everything. Uh, you can call me whatever you like, Tim. Just, <laughs> Thanks for coming, just in, doc, James. Just doc for mates. It would be fine. Mate. Right, yeah. We'll, <laughs> no, we'll right. go with that. Uh, uh, mate, I appreciate you coming in. Um, and it's fresh on the, the bottom of news in more recent times that you're sort of, you're back in Quebec and you're starting to get the, the boots back on the ground, which is great news. Yeah, correct. We, um, you know, we only just barely got started over there and then the wildfires obviously went went through there, which was a pretty horrific situation. So um, we just had to wait and see, which is sort of, uh, it's difficult, does kill a bit of momentum. But um, as you say, we're, we've got some guys back out there this week, which is good. So we'll um, kick on again. Tell us a bit about the th- that fact is that I think uh, I read with interest in, in one of your reports that I think you were 10% in when the fires came through. So you've got a, a lot of work ahead of you, but obviously you, you want to finish what you started, but it's going to be a bit of a journey. Yeah, we're going to f- finish what we started, but probably um, expedite proceedings a little bit, I suppose. So we had um, we had it. Uh, a budget, you know, of about a million dollars to spend on this initial phase of work. Um, we're going to sort of split it up into two campaigns. Now we're just going to get out in the field, just sort of keep on going. We've lost quite a bit of time, so we've got a bit of time to, to catch up, I suppose. So, yeah, we'll be going out there, hard out there for the next two months probably, and um, we should turn it over pretty quick is the plan. Did you get a bonus? Did you get more? Did you get more ground? Did I read somewhere you get? Yeah, yeah, no. The um, the vendors uh, are actually really nice blokes. The the guys from Canadian Mining House they had a couple of extra tenements, so they just said, you know, as a as a goodwill gesture, I suppose. So it's always nice to get a f- few free kicks. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I was just about to ask game. you, does that happen very often? No, no. I think that's probably the first. You know, everything <laughs> comes at a cost in this game. So no, that was nice. Of them. So when they let you know that you're just going to get a little bit of a, a bonus or a bit of a cover off after the while. Wildfires, do you start to look sideways and go, oh, it's obviously dud area? So, or, or did you actually think good things? No, I thought good things, mate. And they're, you know, they're going to hold um, a fair chunk of the company in their shareholding by the time they finish, um, we finish acquiring the entire project. So, they're, they're supportive and, and they're there to um, sort of help us and support us. And we chat to them fairly regularly about what they're up to and they throw a few ideas our way and vice versa. So, I think. I think it was actually just a nice thing to do, which is very odd, very odd indeed. Uh, brilliant. Well, you take it while you can get it. Dr. James indeed. Warren, Executive Director of Omnia Metals, ASX code OM1, is our guest on today's podcast. Now, just uh, before we delve right back into Omnia and its journey and exactly what it does, I just want to cover off, you are also the, the Chief Technical Officer of Marquee Resources. Yep. And you're also, if that's not enough on your mining plate, you're the non-exec director of Pure Resources. That's right, yeah. Anything else you want to share? No, that's it, mate. So I do a few things privately, pick up a few tenements here and there, but, um, you know, that's uh, I like to keep busy. I think um, idle hands are the devil's play thing, as they say. So, um, you know, better to have more on than less, I think. 100%. Uh, I, I like that. Now, just let's go back then to, to Omnia. Tell us a bit about the company, the company structure, where it started, how long yeah. it's been around, and what you're focusing on. Yeah, so we, um, 
you know, we incorporated Omnia as a company in February 2021. It took us about a year to get everything sorted out for the IPO. We initially uh, listed off some assets in the Kimberley and, and Albany Fraser region. Um, we found out that the Kimberley is going to be hard work, um, but the long game, I suppose, was to make an acquisition um, that would probably take the company to the next level, which is how we got into Quebec and Canada, where we picked up, um, you know, a huge package of land. It's... Um, early stages, it's, you know, exploration, greenfields type stuff, which is, you know, what I love and um, uh, where we think we can, you know, turn what is like a micro cap company into something much bigger. So I think high risk, high reward and, um, you know, it's been a bit of a journey, been a bit of a roller coaster the first uh, first 18 months or so. Well, with, COVID was, COVID, you were yeah, in thick was, of COVID yeah, thick and of then COVID. the wildfires. Thick of COVID, um, and then there was the cyclones up in the Kimberley, which, which destroyed all the roads and things through the through Fitzroy Crossing and all that, which pretty much halted exploration up there. And then the wildfires, so um, it'd be nice just to have a bit of fresh air ahead of us to go do our work. I think so. Uh, I should, think we think we're beyond it now. Should we be worried? Are you are you bad luck? Uh, well, they say bad things happen in three, so <laughs> surely that's my three things done. Oh, you've got to so. cover it off. Yep. But in regards to that, and again, I want to go back to you. you you're involved at Echo Resources, of course, yep. the Northern Star takeover there, which is 240 mil. Then the ta- uh, Tali Resources? Yeah, Tali Resources. Tali, yeah, yep. Resources, 55 mil with Rio and that mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, so your connection to takeovers and good things happening to companies, obviously this is where you want to take this. Yeah, I think I've been fortunate and maybe you make your own luck in some ways in that, um, if you can pick a good project and then go out and explore it effectively, then you know companies can see that you're doing good work. With uh, Marquee Resources, for, for example, where um, we've got a farming deal with Mineral Resources, um, who are just up the road with Mount Marion. So again, it's a decent project. You go out and do the, the fundamental geological and exploration work, and people can see where you're going. And um, at the end of the day, it comes down to the project. And fortunately, through my background as a geologist and PhD. I, seem to have a knack of picking a decent project and then mm. progressing it to a point where the majors or bigger groups become interested. And where do you find the eye for that? I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, you say you've, you've had those successes and yet at the moment you're in those small cap, we're talking small cap uh, mining companies right now and the like, but obviously the big picture thing is you've obviously got an eye for the big picture That's that's and it's judging by your record. So how do you, how do you acquire such? I think... Um, uh, through the, the PhD, more than anything, I think that sort of has given me an eye for understanding the, the bigger geological picture. That's so more than a piece of paper? It is, unfortunately, but, and it uh, takes a lot of work, and it was definitely the hardest thing I ever did, um, but it does give you that fundamental understanding of what it takes to form um, mineral deposits and, and big ones at that, and where are the best areas to be looking for them, basically. When I speak to guests in here, we, we talk about the long game, short game, mid game, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yep. Just tell us a bit about the word patience inside your world. Do you have to have it? Uh, yeah, well, as a geologist or as a person that's running a company, absolutely you have to have it. Um, unfortunately, you don't get greeted with the same patience as often in the, uh, in the, on the market. Um, I think people can lose patience very quickly, but... You know, internally you have to back what you're doing. You have to know that what you're doing is the right thing and then um, just methodically go about it and then try and convey that message to the, the people that are investing. Yeah, so so those who are listening and those who are listening to this podcast, and we've had, you know, over the journey, we've done, I think we've done, you know, excess of two dozen podcasts. So I do get a lot of people who say they listen and they, they want instant results. Oh, do I buy in yeah. or what do I do? And I said, well, listen. 
yeah. listen, and 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 I think that's the key. And is it also very, um, I suppose, investors or uh, or shareholders they go. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. Be patient, be patient, be patient, because they just want our money to stay involved. Yeah. How do you convince people to stick around? Um, I guess it's doing things like this. You got, I think you've got a, a at the junior end, it's a, it's a much about the people that are running the company and the, and the project. You know, if I can convince people that, all right, this project that we've got has the potential to deliver some genuine, you know, upside, and you, you, think, you see things like Corvette that were released this week, which is now you know, a multi-billion dollar company, you know, they started in a similar situation to where we are now. So it's about trying to get that idea across to people that, you know, no, nothing, no good things are really done in a short time frame. You know, it takes time to build the story. It takes time to understand the area and the geology and where are the best parts of the, of the land package. So I guess, um, yeah, I mean, they probably do. We do want their money to stay around, obviously, but, um, you know, we want people to come on the journey with us, I suppose, as well. Well, they're going to find out a bit more about your journey personally because we're going to yeah. delve into that right now. Um, did you always want to go down this space as a kid going through school? No, no idea. I had no idea about geology as a kid going through school, basically. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I liked playing footy. I liked playing cricket. I thought maybe I'd end up being a physio or something like that. But uh, I, I did fall into geology, you might say. Explain that to me. Um, so I went, I grew up in Catania and Albany and then, um, went to uni at UWA up here and I was doing biomed science with a sort of a view I might get into physio, um, hated it, was just in labs doing, um, test work with pipettes and things for six hours a day. It was, it was, it was the worst. <laughs> um, and I had a mate that was doing this thing called geology and they'd go off and do field trips down to Bremer Bay and Hopetown and Carnarvon and all sorts of things. I thought, oh, I might have a look at that. So, you know, being a kid. What was from, the attraction? Is it just to get out and about? And yeah, well, I mean, I grew up in Catania and Albany, so we would always, we would be out surfing and fishing and playing golf or kicking the footy. And it was just outside and Dad was off a farm originally. So I thought, you know, maybe something that's outdoors would suit me better than um, sitting in a lab. And it's, it's literally as simple as that. But once I started doing it, obviously... Yeah, uh, enjoyed the science behind it and then just sort of went from there, I guess. Ah, brilliant stuff. Uh, and tell us a bit about the company itself before we go back to you again. Mm. Just tell about how does the company, what's the company structure at Omnia? Um, who's, who's on the board? Oh, okay, yep. So uh, the main guy on the board is a guy by the name of Mark Connolly. Um, he's been around for a long time. He was the MD of uh, Papillion Resources and had a lot of uh, success, gold companies in West Africa. Um, so he's the non-exec chairman. Um, he's a great, I guess, person for me to, he's been there, he's done it, he's, he's been involved with big deals and all the rest of it. So he's a, he's a great sort of mentor and um, guidance for me. Um, Chris Zielinski is our lawyer and he's obviously very sharp mm. on the corporate side. And then there's myself as the um, MD. We also have um, exploration manager by the name of Kane Freeman, who's, um, you know, grew up in Carnarvon off, from the country, like, absolute weapon out in the field, can fix anything, can do anything. So, you know, we've got a pretty small but dynamic team. Uh, we rely a lot on consultants for our field work at the, at the moment, especially obviously in Canada. Mm. Um, when we get to that next stage, we'll think about growing that team, but we can we can achieve a lot with the, the pretty small group that we have. All righty. Uh, we're speaking to Dr. James Warren. James Warren is the Executive Director of Omnia Metals and that ASX code is OM1. And, and if you're if you he's not here to pump his own tyres up, but if you want to Google the name Dr. James, want to have a look at his successes through 
this space, uh, you would be very confident uh, if you were investing in Omnia Metals. Um, what are you actually digging for? What are you looking for predominantly through Omnia? Um, in Canada, it's lithium. Yep. In, uh, in, sorry, in uh, Ord Basin, it's um, nickel copper. So, you know, obviously, it's just strange. I mean, I grew up, I did my PhD, it was all gold focus, you know. It was the heady heights of $900 an ounce gold, you know, <laughs> Kalgoorlie was pumping when I was living out there. Um, all the nickel mines were shut. And then in the space of my career, everything's, you know, gold's almost a dirty word. Everything's green nickel and lithium and battery tech. So... Um, the landscape's changed quite As a lot. Ever. Yeah, yeah, it's so. incredible. Well, it depends on who we have in here. Of course, we have those who who beat their chest about gold still. And, you know, it, it's not a dirty word internally, I should say, but there's a lot of negative commentary um, yep. externally around it. But it has it's obviously it has a critical role to play in the economy especially. So. What's the first thing you do when you uh, go into uh, workspace uh, at home? You've, you've woken up, kids are up and about doing their thing. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do for work? For work? Um, well, actually, we have a, an email chain that comes through and tells you all the uh, announcements that have been released for the day. Um, a little pump up. There's been, been a, uh, one of the guys I work with has released a, um, like an AI software thing called Discovery Alert, which I've helped him sort of develop in the background. And so that sends through a, a series of emails of what um, basically announcements worth reading or not worth reading. Is this something so, new, is it? It's... Yeah, it's only just uh, come out in the last few weeks, but wow. we've been dry running it for probably 12 months before that. Um, so it's worth worth a look, Discovery Alert. Discovery the, Alert. It's meant to be sort of for the, you know, the mums and dads to sort of um, take it from the highly technical to the simplified. It's an app, is it? Uh, it's an online subscription at the moment, okay. but I think they're going to go to apps. All right. Fantastic. So that's the first thing I do anyway. I read the discovery alert yep. emails and um, see what's happened overnight. And do, are you a share price stalker? Do you look at your share price all the time? I try not to. I try not to. But, yeah, I must admit it's um, it's hard not to look sometimes, especially after an announcement's come out. Um, I think it's important to sort of see what some of the commentary is around it and is, if people have sort of got the grasp of what you were trying to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the time there's a bit of a disconnect between my technical side, where you're trying to technically explain something, but actually conveying it in a more simplistic form. So I try not to, but yeah, I think everyone, anyone that says they're not, I think is lying, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so are you reactive to it? You know, uh, do you no, re- I try not to be reactive. I, I try to um, more try and take feedback from it rather than sort of... How do you like, go with feedback? I'd be interested to know. I think you've got to be pretty thick-skinned. You have to sort of take a lot of stuff on the chin. Um, you might not necessarily agree with feedback, but people have a, an opinion for a reason. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can at least try and accept their opinion and understand it, then maybe you've got a better better chance at sort of next time around getting your point across a bit clearer or something like that. So. In the very plush ASX market, Goss, uh recording studio, we have a big white wall here, and I do ask all of our guests who come in, if you were to write down your work motto on the big white wall, one that you work by, mm. not the business, but you, what would it be? I think just work hard, you know. Um, I was never the, technically the most gifted person. Like there was, I was going through a uni and there was much smarter people, and, but I always, um, I think, got the most out of my ability, worked hard, you know, happy to stay up late and do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. So I think it's, um, it does, it's not, no, nothing... More than that, I don't think. Just nose to the grindstone. Sometimes you just got to grind it out. <laughs> you do. Uh, I do uh, yes. Uh, well, I think in our chat so far, I think patience is is very much. Um, 
I don't know whether you're born with patience, but I suspect you've mm. got patience ingrained in your system now. Well, maybe. It depends who you talk to, I suppose. Well, let's tell us a bit about that. What is life away from this world for you? Okay, let's talk about your coffee of choice first and foremost. Yeah, long black. Long black. Long black. No sugar, just long black. How many times a day? Um, At least two. And where's the cut-off point? When was the last one yet? Um, 2 p.m. Yeah, see, I can have one at – it's funny. I ask that. A lot of people give me that 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock area space. I I can have one at 9 o'clock and be asleep by 5 past. Is that right? It doesn't bother me. Yeah, well, by the time we get past 5 or 6, I've normally had a beer or two. (laughs) (laughs) And coffee? What's going on? Just tell us, what about uh, a life away? You you talked about playing footy and surfing and all that growing up as a kid. How much do you take in – Footy. Do you have a footy team? Do you have yeah. follow sport closely? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm a long-suffering St Kilda supporter. You and me so. both. Oh, really? There you go. Oh, well, preaching to the converted then, I suppose. But I'm not, um, I'm not keen on the current coach. See, so yeah, I've, I've uh, well, you know, he's he's had more success than most. So I'll give him a chance. Still hasn't won a flag. I know, I know, I know. Poor old long-suffering Frio fans anyway. are still filthy on that. So St Kilda, radio. Yeah. What other sports take your fancy? Do you play anything? Um, I play a uh, 2020 agricultural cricket competition in uh, something that's called Last Man Stands or something, so that's a bit of fun on a Sunday afternoon. We actually had uh, Paul Hazelby um, come down and strap the pads on a few times last year. Hey, he's my man. Yeah, um, I think he averaged about 50 with the bat, so he was pretty handy. Um, So that's summer. Um, But fishing, I suppose. I love fishing when I can get it. Do you have a spot? Are you allowed to share the spot? To our, to our audience, do you have Mate, a... all you have to do is get up um, before crack of dawn, sun up on, on the five fathom bank, and you'll find some pinkies. Oh, yeah. nice work by you. See, fishing does, just doesn't do it, it for doesn't, me. No, it's, it's a love hate thing for someone's got to catch it for me if I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah touching them, the whole hook thing doesn't get me. Yeah, okay. What about family and life away from that? I mean, uh, you know, in regards to you know, life away from all of those things, obviously, yeah. I think family is important. Have you got that? Have you got that balance right? Yeah, I hope so, yeah, yeah, especially as you get a bit older, I suppose, um, and what I do now works quite flexible, so, you know, you don't have a nine-to-five job, you're sort of like, if I can, if, for example, my daughter's next door, she's had a pupil Friday and a bit crook today, so she can come along, so, you know, I like to spend as much time with her, especially, as she's growing up, and um, I've got the missus, obviously, in Scarborough, we just bought a new house up there nice. about, about 12 months ago, so, you know, life's, life's pretty good at the moment. Absolutely, so... Uh, I, Without giving your daughter school, is it one of those schools that the more you pay, the less they go? Yes. <laughs> Let's just say it's got the best view in Perth. <laughs> I know exactly where. I know exactly where you're talking about. I think my daughters went there too. Yeah. Uh, so again, so when you talk about the work-life balance, and you know, working now has enabled you to. It's not really the Monday to Friday nine till five. But yep. are you a down tools type of guy? You focus one on your daughter or your wife and. And as, your interests away from work? Well, as much as possible because I spend so much time working. It's sort of like um, even even at night and over the weekends, I suppose you're on call 24-7. Yeah. And now we've got these overseas projects. You sort of, um, they're, they're literally 12 hours behind. So they're waking up at 9 o'clock or you're having meetings at 9 o'clock in the morning their time. Yeah. So um, on the weekends, if I can try and avoid working, then great. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have to do things. But, yeah, if you can down tools, go for a fish, go down to the pub and watch the Saints um, beat West Coast or <laughs> North, North Melbourne. That's about it. That's pile, about it at the moment. You don't have to pile on the poor old beastie beats. <laughs> but uh, they're the only victories they've had lately. So, uh, so. Let's go Let's go to Quebec now again. Yep. And where's the plate? Where are you? What range are you in? It's got a, it's got a real French-Canadian. Oh, it's, um, it's called Lac de Montagne. So okay, nice. mount, mountain lake, 
basically. Yeah, we'll go with that, eh? Yeah, mountain lakes a bit easy. But I thought I'd better pay homage to um, Quebec, I suppose. Tell us a bit about it. Tell, tell us about your own – and we opened up the chat in regards to where you're at and you want to bring it all forward now. It was going to be broken up into two. Now you're trying yeah. to pull it all back together. Just tell us a bit about your hopes. And a man that's been – a young man who's been very successful and, and this is this is – in your wheelhouse right now to hopefully make this work, what's your confidence levels like? Look, I'm, internally I'm very confident. Like there, There's lithium out there somewhere. It's just a matter of finding it. You know, we've got 600 square k's um, and I, I overlaid our tenement on a, a map of Kalgoorlie basically. That is massive. The, te- the tenure runs from north of Kalgoorlie down to St Ives basically, south of Cambalda. So it's a huge package of land. Yeah. And I, I think when people see a map on a screen, it's hard to comprehend how big the scale is when Mount Marion's one of the best lithium deposits in Australia and that the pegmatite's 30 metres wide you know so trying to narrow down on that huge package of land into an area to drill is difficult but you know where we've got eight geos out there mapping it pretty hard I'm confident that you know with a bit of time and a bit of we just need time on the ground now which we haven't had you know we've done all the background work, we've done all the geophysics modelling, we've done everything we can on the computer. It's now it's just about getting on the ground and seeing as many rocks as you can and sampling as many rocks as you can. And then our plan is, um, and we're putting the wheels in motion as we speak, to drill a hole or two towards the end of the year and um, you know see if, see if one of these pegmatites holds significant lithium mineralisation, basically. I know you're a long way from Canada over here, but are you a boots-on-the-ground type guy? Would you actually try and get there and yeah, get a feel for it? Yeah, we went over um, before the fire ban, uh, exploration manager and I, and we spent you know a week flying around and um, checking out all these places that we'd only sort of become familiar with off a map. It was um, fantastic. Have you ever been there? It's no. like, oh, it's magic. Country. I'm lucky to get to Dianella, let alone <laughs> be going to Canada, mate. Yeah, no, it was the first time I've been there. It was um, it was pretty specky flying yeah. around in the helicopter, and we you know saw some bears and like um, reindeer antlers and stuff like that. So it's yeah, a complete another world. Um, but the difference with Australia is that these pegmatites crop, outcrop out of the ground. So you can fly and land a helicopter on them and take rock chip samples, where in Australia it's all drilling and underneath the surface mm, and things mm. like that. So it's a different way of thinking, I suppose. So, um, yep, when the drilling gets going as well, I'll go back over there and hopefully next year um, probably spend more like two weeks or a month over there or something like that. Who are the investors that believe in you? What type of investor? No names, no pactual, but just tell us a bit about people who stick around with Omnia Metals and, and, and want to take go on the journey with you. Yeah, I mean, we've got some pretty good investors at the moment that sort of, you know, I think they're a bit more mature, they've been in the game, they probably have a bit more money, to be perfectly honest, that they, they're allowed to have the luxury of leaving that money in there to incubate and just see what happens. They, they've been through the process a little bit before where they understand that, you know, um, all of a sudden, one drill hole, one rock chip can change the whole spectrum, basically. So um, they're, they're a patient investor for the most part. Um, you know, they, they, they need to sort of understand that, you know, we're working hard and things will take time, but, mm. you know, eventually we'll, we'll jag something out there. Uh, we'll get a pitch from you shortly in regards to yeah. those who are listening who are probably liking what they've heard in regards to uh, your journey so far. You touched earlier on the board in regards to, you know, who makes up the company and some and one of your mentors. What about other people that in, in this game from other companies or 
people who are bigger than you, you've never met, but you've followed their journey. Um, do you yeah. read up on them? Do you do you do you have a do you have a guide track that you follow for your own self, or do you have a guide track that you follow from someone else that say, oh, I wouldn't mind following that journey, and I want to be like them? Um, I suppose you always are interested in companies that have sort of had a bit of success. I mean, the Julemar thing was was massive, um, you know, with Tim Goiter behind it. And then he had another success with Liontown. Uh, he released a podcast just recently and it was basically saying, look, he'd found nothing for 30 years and then all of a sudden he found two beauties and, you know, at, towards the end of his career and now he's a genius. So I find that interesting and that just uh, um, how he... He was a driller by trade and then just sort of kept on following his nose basically and eventually had success. So I found the Julemar story particularly interesting. Um, you know, as far as, you know, yeah, journeys and individuals, more mentors have more been sort of on the academic side, like guys like John Ronsky and, um, you know, people that I did my PhD with and things. And then, yeah, I followed, followed companies more than people, I suppose. So you talk about your PhD mm. uh, and we always look back and, you know, we have school reunions and stuff like that. Yeah. We look back. Have you got other people, have you, you know, got men and women who've come through and done the same that you have followed their journey or have they fallen away or you don't follow them now? Do you, you know what I mean? Do you... I could, I'm, I'm probably pretty insular like that, you know, I sort of, um, yeah, no, I don't really, I've got some close mates that we went through uni together and we just, we caught up the other week and had a good lunch and we all chat about what we're up to. And What are they the up industry. to without giving too much away? What are they up to? What are some of your mates who went to uni? Uh, we got ones at IGO, um, you know, has been there for a number of years and sort of working his way through the ranks. There's a couple of others that are in the, the junior exploration sector, Um doing some pretty interesting things out on the West Australian border. Another one's in oil and gas out of Alaska. So um, there's a broad range of sort Successful of, group, obviously. Yeah, yeah, in their own way. Yeah, Would you all sit there? I've had a couple of guests who sit here. They go, you know, are we working for someone or we're doing this or we're doing that, or especially ones who work for the bigger companies. Um, and they sit there and say, why don't we just have a crack at doing one together? Did you ever think about doing that? Yeah, we will. We will eventually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. But, um, you know, we need to have a bit of um, individual success first and then we can think about pooling our funds and resources together to, uh, you know, float the next IPO. You talk about Omnia. So uh, it's, it's your baby right now. and We've touched on Marquee as well. Uh, yep. uh, but you've had success, haven't you? Haven't you had success in your journey so far? Yeah, but I'm not quite satisfied yet. This is my first time I've had the crack at my own company, I suppose. So, um, you know, yes, there's been success, but it feels in a way that it's been more for other people, if that makes sense. Um, maybe that's a selfish way of looking at it. But um, Omnia is, as I said, my baby. I've been there from the very beginning since before the IPO. You know, we've any hurdle that's come up, we've had to sort of, uh, I've had to deal with it and face it. And then we had to go out and find a project and all these things. So... This is where it's um, really my neck on the line, I guess you say. Yeah, okay. With that, in, with that said, is taking risks part of your DNA? Has, has to be, yeah. yeah. You have to be able to take the risks and, um, I guess, you know, calculated risks, I suppose. Back yourself in to know that, yeah, it's a risk, but, um, you know, if, every, if we do everything right, then we're, we're a good chance. The lithium space, the battery space is... Is massive, is it not? Uh, berserk, yeah, absolutely. Unlike it's only anything gonna, it's, I've seen and it's, before, and it's yeah. only going to get bigger. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially you think of places like Canada and North America; they don't, um, they don't have any, you know, lithium producing facilities, or they don't, 
they're relying on all their lithium coming in from China and places like that. So there's going to be huge investment in actually refining and producing the end member products within countries, and they therefore they want to have their own mines to you know provide their own battery making facilities and all the rest of it. It's going to be a huge change in the the global um, scenery, I suppose. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Quebec. Let's just touch back mm-hmm. the other way. Let's go up north. Is that Kimberley? Where, yeah, where are you at with that? Um, we actually completed an EM survey not that long ago, um, so that was good. The difficulty up there is that it's actually very culturally and environmentally sensitive, so we just have to tread carefully and um, and take our time. We don't we don't want to rush anything up there, but that's one of those projects which um, is sort of elephant country. It's either you drill one hole and you, you hit the mother load or, um, you know, you drill one hole and you walk away sort of thing. We've, we've got a couple of very interesting things there that we're really keen to put a hole into. Um, so we're, we're going to just keep on working through the approvals process until we get to that point where we're allowed to, to drill that glory hole, I guess you yeah, might say. Yeah, yeah. So, so will that work uh, evolve around... What happens over in Canada in any way, shape, or form? No, that can be pretty much independent. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that it doesn't take much time or effort to sort of just go through the approvals process, I suppose, up there. Um, whereas Canada is much more dynamic. We'll have you know boots on ground and mm. regular news flow and constant information pouring through and drilling programs and all the rest of it. Whereas Kimberley's just sort of bubbling away there in the background, I suppose. How important is neighbourhood watch in this space? Given what your neighbours are doing, how the success they're having, and yeah, I mean it is it is important, but um, you can't let that, I mean, drive your exploration and acquisition strategy. Basically, you have to go and find the best land. Whether it, you know, there's some crap land next to some brilliant deposits. You know what I mean? So um, it's all about um, yeah, keep an eye on your neighbours, but make sure that. You, the geology is right, I suppose. Over to you, uh, Dr. James Warren, mm. Executive Director, Omnium Metals, uh, ASX Co. For those OM1 interested, keep uh, an eye on that journey. I've got a good feeling about this one. Uh, just in regards to the short, the medium, and the long term of the company, over to you. Short term, um, we've got eight guys out on site at the moment doing the rock chip sampling. So by the time uh, that should Finish in about a month, two months' time. Uh, that'll be 2,500 rock chip samples, and the aim there is we'll have some pretty good indications of where to stick a drill hole or two. Medium term, we'll be drilling uh, through the Canadian winter or Australian summer. Um, we'll probably plan to do about 1,000 metres, two 500 metre holes on the absolute best targets. Long term is... Um, well, the earning, earning agreement goes for three years, so we plan to be out there for, well, hopefully the next 10 years, but at least the next three to five years really working hard and, and basically proving that the Lac de Montagne project is going to be a genuine you know, lithium-producing belt, basically. Okay, and so someone's sitting there now and uh, grandma or grandpa mm-hmm. uh, want to invest for their grandkids? Yeah. Here's your pitch. Just stick it in there and let it... Let it Fester, I suppose. We got our market cap's nine million dollars. We find um, one rock chip with a couple of percent lithium in it, our market cap goes to twenty twenty five million dollars overnight. We drill a hole um, with ten meters of lithium in it. You know, market cap goes to fifty odd million. The market cap of the company and the share structure is so tightly held that any exploration success whatsoever could see it go five ten bags without without you know 
really even discovering a deposit, just have a couple of good drill hole hits is all we need, basically. Toughest question for you. Mm. Do you think St Kilda will win a flag before you strike it big with Omnia? I'm not sure St Kilda will win a flag before I die. <laughs> <laughs> they are fifth on the ladder, though. It's playing some very average football. Aren't they <laughs> terrible to watch, aren't they? Oh. It's, it's tough. But they're fifth. I know, I know. It's Lucky real, they had a good start to the year. Correct. But, oh, yeah, I know. Hey, love our chat. Um, Dr. James Warren, uh, Omnia, is with us. Uh, OM1 is the ASX code. And we want to get your feedback because that's another episode of ASX Market. Goss, you can like us, share us, tell us, tell your colleagues, your counterparts, your community, and hopefully the team at Omnia will share it with the investors so they get to know uh, James a little bit more as well. If whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and RSS.com, uh, leave a comment, rate us and give us your feedback. We appreciate any feedback we get. And we've, LinkedIn has been a massive win for us as well. So uh, share it, download it. Uh, keep an ear and eye out for our next episode. Until then, I'll keep digging for more guests to chat with you about on their ASX uh, market goss journey. Dr. James Warren from Omnia, appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much, Tim. Cheers for that. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.